We are now approaching our final stop, Sheffield Giants. Please ensure you have all your personal belongings with you and mind the gap between the podcast and the platform edge. We hope you have had a safe and pleasant journey with us on the full 10 yards and we hope to see you again soon. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. I am your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. I hope you're all doing fabulous and have had a great weekend. It is uh, the 19th of August, Sunday. And we have made it to the end of our UK tour of Britball, uh, culminating with an interview today with Sheffield Giants head coach Toby Chesters, uh, who will also be talking about the GB Lions uh, team that recently have been over in Finland and talking about what happened there, uh, which is very good insight into the international game and how well we fare with all the other teams uh, in Europe. And next week we'll be heading back to uh, uh, fantasy football, a bit of football, um, some divisional previews and also we have a special guest with us next week um, so you have to keep your eyes peeled for that one. I say if you've missed any of the podcasts this week uh, I very much recommend that you check them out if you're interested in all things Britball. We have visited Bristol Aztecs, we've visited the East Kilbride Pirates, Manchester Titans and also a bit of a word with Roger Goodgroves uh, from behind the scenes. And of course we had uh, Coach Scott uh, up yesterday of the time of Phoenix. Uh, it was a very good interview that one, I really enjoyed that one and this one was, is, is also very good. Uh, in fact all of, the, all of the coaches that have come on this week, um, thank you so much for coming on and spreading the word, spreading the love and uh, no doubt we'll have you on again in the future. But we're going to get into today's podcast with Toby Chesters, um, talking all things Sheffield Giants and all things GB Lions. Okay, delighted to say we're now joined by the Sheffield Giants head coach, uh, Toby Chesters. Uh, for, the, for the purposes of the episode, I'll call him Coach Chesters. Uh, but he was also uh, selected and went over and joined the GB Lions over in Finland. Toby, welcome you in. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me this evening. Yeah, no, very, very... Very honoured to have you on. So, um, obviously, head coach of uh, Sheffield Giants. But before we get to those those guys, uh, we just we've just chatted, chatted with your, uh, what should we say, with your opposite number for Sunday, uh, Jason Scott uh, of the Tamworth sure. Phoenix. Are you, are you looking forward to that game on Sunday? Always look forward uh, to playing Jason and the Phoenix. You know, to uh, they're, they're currently the best of the undefeated national champions. Undefeated again this year. You know, so to get a measure of your own success or your own your own uh, potential as a team and as a coach, you've got to pick yourself against the best. And currently, Jason, uh, Jason and his team are the are the, are the ones uh, the yards team. Yeah. So I'm looking. I know a lot of the players. Um, they're all good guys. You know, it should be a good game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't got any. Uh, I haven't got any any secrets to tell you. Or I haven't. Uh, I couldn't go under, undercover for you. And so, unfortunately, I can't help. I can't help you out there to to get help you get the W on uh, on Sunday. But um, let's. Thanks very let's, much. <laughs> Um, let's look. Let's look at Sheffield's uh, season as, as in general. So obviously you're four and five at the moment. Obviously ahead of the game uh, on Sunday. How how have you? Uh, last week was a close one against uh, Merseyside Nighthawks. How how um, had the Sheffield night? Um, 
how Sheffield Giants done with in terms of your preseason expectations? Yeah, I think um, I'll be hand on heart. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, I think the players are disappointed too. We all got together, um, you know, preseason and discussed what our objectives were for for 2018. And, and four and five of the game to go wasn't really on the agenda at that point in time. Um, in saying that, you know, we've had some 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 good wins, um, but you know, at the moment we've been a bit too inconsistent and. You know, if you've spoken to Jason, he'll tell you that to be successful in this league, um, you have to be consistent. You have to be able to execute on plays. You can't take plays off. And uh, and this year, inconsistency um, has, has been sort of, you know, the, the major challenge for Sheffield. Talent-wise, we have it. Um, discipline and consistency has been, a, has been an issue. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, you say they're discipline and consistency. So what, what were the main, any main reasons for that or any other main troubles that you, you've, that have caused you to be to be inconsistent? Um, I think we're probably in a, in second year blues. I think um, you know last year was my first year as head coach. We introduced a, a bunch of new players, uh, a bunch of you know talented people, a new playbook on offense, new playbook on defense. Took us a number of games to get to, to gel together. Um, finished the season strongly. Started the season strongly. Uh, maybe believed a bit too much of our own press. Um, and, you know, we, we got caught out. I think, um, you know, the, the bane of brick ball is sometimes commitment. And uh, we had we had a number of training sessions that were probably under-attended, which led to poor performances on the field. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've, in the process of learning lessons, um, you know, hard lessons that they are, because obviously, as I mentioned, objectives haven't been met this year. Mm. But, um, you know, the guys have taken that on board. We as a staff have taken that on board and we'll try and turn those into positives. You know, and obviously you, we're looking for a, for a result on Sunday, but we'll certainly take whatever we can get and, and try and transform that into positives for next year. Mm. Yeah, certainly. As you say, it's definitely a game, um, certainly in my early experiences. I mean, I've just I've just started training with a team that are applying for, ne- for next season's registration. But, I mean, you, you need to put the commitment in both on and off the field to, to get anything out of it. But um, do you maybe want to give obviously you say there it's just it was your second year with the, with the Giants do you want to give give a quick history of of how you got to where you are today yeah sure so I mean it's my second year as head coach with the Giants but I've been involved with Sheffield football now for a number of years uh, I was involved um, with the Predators which was the previous incarnation both as a player and as a coach uh, coached at Sheffield Hallam University um, for, for a couple of seasons as well uh, and prior to that look I'm Australian uh, I played a number of years back home um, different levels, different clubs, um, and you know, obviously brought that over with me. So, um, you know, Sheffield is, is where I am. Sheffield, funnily enough, is, uh, is is a style of football and a style of individual that's that's familiar to me. There's a lot about Sheffield that reminds me of uh, of, of Australian people in particular. So, and their, their passion for sport and their uh, you know their their willingness to, to lay out on the line for a result. So. Um, you know, Sheffield is where we are, um, and, and that's where I, I see my foreseeable future. Cool. And so, so just take us through a quick overview of kind of what a week. So, obviously, you've got Tamworth on Sunday. I can't remember if you're at home or away in that one. Um, yeah, we're, we're at home. You're at home. So, give give us um, give us what a, a kind of typical week looks like for your team. And so, say you know last Sunday against Merseyside Nighthawks, obviously a defeat you, that you go home, and then from from Monday onwards, kind of how how do you set up in preparation for a game on on a Sunday? I don't 
normally talk to anybody on a Monday, if I'm honest, after a loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, the dog gets uh, some stern looks and a beer or two or a glass of wine gets drunk of a Sunday evening while I think about the game. Um, this week has been almost even more difficult to swallow from the fact of, you know, um, the game last week called early because of the weather. No issue with that. Player safety is, you know, obviously the, the critical point. Yeah. Uh, and you know, could we have... Could we have come back? Uh, I, I, you know, who knows? Football is a strange game. So um, this week has been around, you know, returning the players to, to a level, uh, bringing them back from, you know, the disappointment um, of, of, a, of a defeat um, and, you know, some, some good play, some bad play, again, the inconsistency, getting them up um, to, to a level where we need to go to perform against the national champions on the weekend. So... You know, Monday straight back into it. We check on players' availability. We check on their uh, injuries. Physio does a medical check. Uh, physio reports back into me with anything serious um, and and sort of medical plans or, or treatment plans for the week. Uh, we have a, a couple of discussions amongst the coaches around, you know, what we learned from the previous week. Um, and normally, I try and wipe away Sunday by the end of Monday. Okay. Um, you know, we we share film, all those kinds of things. But you know, Mondays, you know, by the end of Monday, all the uh, you know all the the eulogy of the weekend is done. Um, you know, we, we we take the positives from it. We we look at the negatives and we look at plans to mitigate against them, and we try and transform that into a game plan for the following week. So, you know, Tuesday arrives. We are we are focused on in this instance Tamworth. We're um, you know we're on film. We're talking to people. We're trying to understand the lay of the land as far as you know opposition availability and all those kinds of things. Talking to previous opponents. Um, and, and trying to build a you know a, an install or an adjustment schedule for a midweek practice on Thursdays. So we practice on Thursdays, a couple okay. of hours, uh, where we try to pick up on you know what shifts are we going to put in. So what adjustments that you know what, what do we think may work against Tamworth? Uh, what do we need to do to balance our own uh, personnel availability? So who we got available, who we don't have available, what that means to you know, formations and strengths and, and play calling and all those kinds of things. And we try and build that into a Thursday. Um, we also, you know, we're lucky at our facility that, that we have an opportunity to do film. So we can, uh, if we want to, we can go in and, and put some film on a projector and take plays through it. But ultimately by Thursday evening, we, you know, we have a game plan. It's not necessarily set in concrete at that stage, but we have, a, we have an idea about what we want to run, when we want to run it, what sort of, you know, on offense, what sort of looks we're going to get on defense, the same kind of thing. And, you know, we, we're communicating Fridays. We're talking about, you know, late player availability, late physio, late medical. Um, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, we'll probably be fairly late back tomorrow to be honest, because we have a um, Sheffield Hallam is hosting uh, the, the National Flag Championship. Okay. So, giant have a team in that, so we'll probably pop down some of the, the contact guys and and, uh, and give the flag guys some support. Um, you know, we'll continue to chat on Skype or Facebook or whatever, uh, or even face-to-face um, about what we think and any late ideas, any any adjustments that we want to make. But, you know, by that point, anything sort of after Friday to the plan is, for me, feels a little bit like, pla- uh, a little bit like panic planning. Um, you know, we should have a, a, a fairly good idea about 
about what the opposition is doing by that point. So, you know, we have a game plan, we'll have a play sheet, we'll have all the things that we want to do, all the objectives for, for Sunday, and we should be ready to rock by Friday night. So, um, on game day, I like my players to be on site two hours before kickoff. Okay. Um, I like my, my special team specialists to be on the field at 1.45, then everyone else out at 1.30, um, and then you know we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do specialist stuff, and then we'll do special team walkthroughs and any adjustments. I've got a pretty good special teams coach up here in Sheffield. He's, um, he's quite creative, so we go through some walkthroughs. Um, and then we go into you know the normal pre-game stuff, any, any sort of um, adjustments that, that we want to run through before the game, anything the players aren't sure of. Uh, into warm-ups, generally then into into indie sessions or individual position sessions. Sorry, uh, card check, kick off, away we go. So, you know, the week is the week is busy. Um, play weeks always are um, probably more front end loaded than back end loaded. But yeah. you know, at this level, at this level, the game plan can change by. You know, one player or a couple of players yeah. who thought they were coming back from an injury, or you know, all those kinds of things. So you have to be really flexible at this level. You know, this isn't the NCAA. Um, you know, you have to have a number of different options in your back pocket that you can roll out. Yeah. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. So yeah, so that's a normal kind of game week. For okay. Yeah. So obviously this Sunday, I think that, that's probably it's probably your last game of the season, unless you play maybe some friendlies a couple of weeks afterwards. But. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how it works after the season finishes for those that aren't maybe involved in the playoffs. What um what does um obviously yeah when, once the season finishes how how does the communication with the players and the team kind of kind of go through the off season? Obviously you've got the university game, so those that play university obviously play yeah. that. But maybe maybe, maybe there's someone that's not at university that plays on your team. What what does the off season kind of yeah. look like for them over the next couple of months? So I don't talk to anybody about football for about a month. Okay. After the end of our, um, you know, I I have a young family um, and all those kinds of things. So, and, and a lot of my other players do as well. So, you know, we give the players some space. Um, you know, if anybody, I mean, the opportunity is there if anybody wants to talk to coaches or to me or whomever. But you know, space is important. People need time to reflect. People need time to to rest and recuperate. Yeah. So, you know, for me. My immediate response after Sunday will be okay. So you know, we'll go and watch the finals. We'll head up to Leeds to watch Brick Ball on the uh, on the eighth. I think it is. Yeah. Um, I can get away with it. My wife might let me out the door, and we'll get some other games in. Maybe you know, <laughs> one of the other semi finals or those kinds of things. But ultimately, you know, I don't coach university anymore. Um, I need the downtime. Um, and, and I, you know, the players do too as well. So, you know, I, I take my hat off to, to the guys that coach or play all year round. It's not something that I could do. Um, but for the Giants, you know, it works okay. So some of my players will head off to, to coach university. Some of them will head off to play at university level. Um, what we do is we have a number of different Facebook communication groups. So, you know, the season group will, will probably close at the end of August stroke September. Okay. Um, once, once end of awards, you know, the awards night is all planned and all those kinds of things. So we'll do that. Then we'll close that group and then we'll reopen, you know, Sheffield Giants recruiting for 2019 on Facebook. And, 
and start trying to pull people into that group and communicate more frequently within that. So, um, you know, the, the first month or so is, is, uh, is fairly quiet, uh, fairly reflective. After that, we start to uh, start to accumulate resources and start to do the you know the basic planning. Um, you know, we, we want to be marketing for recruitment and sponsors and commercial and all those other activities within the college stroke NFL season because that's when you know you get all the free publicity. Yeah. So we'll put on you know we'll put on a number of you know welcome to football taster sessions, rookie days, whatever you want to call them. Everyone has a different name for them. So if, you know, November, one in November, one in December, maybe one in January, if it's, uh, you know, if it's not frozen. And, um, you know, we'll look to to accumulate, you know, players and people that are interested in coaches in that in that period. And then start to plan to, uh, to come into the new season. Um, I've got, you know, you're not talking out of turn, but I've, even personally as a coach, I've found the season quite long. Okay. So you know, a lot, of, a lot of clubs go into pre-season practice, sort of early February, maybe some even earlier, um, some later in February. First games anywhere from sort of second or third week of April. Uh, season finishes, you know, our season finishes what second week, third week of of August, and within that time frame, you know, we've played ten games. But yeah. there's also every Sunday um, is practice when we're not playing. Every Thursday night's practice. There's lots of comms going on. There's lots of film. There's lots of studies. So, you know, the season, whilst it's only ten games, actually actually goes on for quite a long period of time. So, you know, I'm going to be thinking about and looking at how we can maybe compress that. So instead of you know single practices in the preseason, maybe you know running two a days and practicing for four or five hours with a with a break in between, rather than two or three hours, mm-hmm. and then you know starting in February and you know we'll start in March perhaps just to just to, to shorten the season. So, uh, you know, the drop-off at Sheffield towards the end of this year has been, you know, fairly real. So, you know, players that, that have other commitments or, you know, are getting tired or injured or all those kinds of things. So I think anything that we can do to sort of condense the season and make it a bit more dynamic would be helpful. Yeah, It's probably not helped having the international break as well. So we had two weeks off for, yeah. you know, so, so some, some of us could head over to Finland. Um and that's just extended the season. So, um, you know, that, that, I mean, that's that's kind of in summary the, the way that we structure ourselves. Okay. Um, you know, we also have flag competitions. You know, we have flag teams and we have youth teams and all those kinds of things. So, so it's never quite it's never quite um, not happening for me, but it sort of dulls off in the background for a period of time, which is helpful. Yeah, I mean, I'm someone that's new to, to Britball this year. Um, I, I'm based up north. But, yeah, I certainly thought, you know, when I first saw that the season ran from, say, February, Mar- uh, sorry, April until until maybe the middle of August, you kind of thought, oh, there's, there's quite a lot of teams, there's quite a lot of things going on. But, you know, the, the Prem North and Prem South obviously has got five teams. And you think, oh, how, how have they, you know, is it like the SPL where they play each other three or four times or something? But it's not, you know, yeah, there's quite a lot of weeks of breaks. But, yeah, I, I think obviously the... The Finland's uh, championships, obviously, yeah, probably just elongated it that time a bit more. But that's actually a great segue into uh, Finland and, and obviously what's just gone on with the GB Lions. And you obviously had the opportunity to go out there as the RB coach. Do you maybe just want to give a, yeah. a, a quick overall on 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 what that was all like? Obviously, you, you had three games. You came back with a one with a one and two record. Obviously, ended on a high note. Do you maybe just want to go through what what went on there from you know selection process and how that all came about? Whether you had any input. Or, and you know and how it kind of just played out 
Yeah, okay, so um, I've been involved with the GB adult contact team now for about three years, um, starting off as an assistant running back coach and then moving into, you know, into that role full-time with, uh, with other people moving around. So probably been in that role now for the last, I'm going to say 12 months, it, it, it's probably around that long. Um, we practice and call up guys formally and informally fairly frequently, um, there's probably, you know, throughout the course of, of the off season, there's probably a practice a month, practice every six weeks or so, uh, where we try and get everybody together and then maybe a little less frequently through the season, through the adult season, because everybody has club commitments. So, um, obviously different in a tournament year or, a, you know, a year with a number of games. So we've been building up to Finland now for, for quite some time and Finland, you know, our opportunity to go to Finland was based on the success that we had in um, in Worcester in uh, in 2016, where we uh, where we won the Group B tournament that we hosted here, um, which gave us an entryway into into Group A. So we haven't particularly competed at Group A level. I'll probably get this wrong, but we we've not competed consistently at Group A level for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was good to be back. So this year has been. Um, for GB, it's been a year of, you know, calling up and, and understanding the resource that we have available, um, having a look at as many people as we can, um, going through a, you know, an educational process around, you know, this is the GB playbook and trying to install that, which is hard work when guys have, you know, some guys have a university playbook, uh, an adult contact playbook, and we're expecting them to learn a GB playbook. Yeah. Um, you know that, you know. I mean, I, can, I struggle with one playbook, and I've been involved for 25 years. So, <laughs> you know, to to ask those guys to be able to do that sort of thing, you know, more more credit to them. So, you know, they really put the effort in. Um, and we go through a selection process, and it, and it's tough. It's um, you know, there are a lot of guys that that uh, that are of a, a really good standard. You can, you know, you have a you have a call-up group that's relatively unlimited, and as you get closer to the tournament, you have to whittle that down to 75, and then you have to name a touring party of 45. Um, you know, and and you have to make some some fairly big, important decisions about the resources you have available versus you know the the opposition that you think you'll be facing and the level and the level that the guys have played at before and you know, Group A with, with some I mean, some of the guys in the opposition team, if you watched any of the game, you know, these guys are NFL size yeah. guys. They're not like Sunday Park kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to you have to pick the team that, and pick certainly in the 45, that you think, uh, and certainly with three games in nine days, that are going to be resilient enough to be able to physically handle that kind of, you know, that, that impact. Yeah. So, you know, running back, obviously high impact position, shelf life of a running back in the NFL is about three years. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a big call. So, you know, we, we went through that process. Uh, we took, we, you know, we selected 45, those 45, you know, there were out of that 45, there were a number of guys that, that we left disappointed, but hopefully with, you know, enough sort of bone in the, in the craw to, to really knuckle down and, and try to get ready for the next selection process. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, there, there is fairly rigorous. So mm. Finland itself, I think we named the squad, um, when was it? 
early July, gridiron memes made for us, I think. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we had a squad ready to go, um, sort of second or third week of July, I think. So that's what we named it. Um, we flew out towards the end of July, I think 28th of July. So we all met down in Gatwick, um, trying to get, you know, a, an international football team of this caliber or this, this nature with all their kit and caboodle and all the, you know, helmets and pads and all those kinds of things on a, on a flight is a bit of a challenge, but, uh, but logistically, you know, Mike Callan, who's the head coach of GB, wears many, many hats. One of them must be forklift drive or aeroplane loader or so on and so forth. Okay. So he did a good job making sure that all happened. Um, Finland, uh, it, it could have realistically could have been anywhere, to be honest. We were in a, you know, close to an airport hotel, uh, a bus to and from the stadium was 15 or 20 minutes. Um, shopping centre nearby for, for essential groceries and snacks and all those kinds of things so we could wander down there. Um, we were pretty much straight off the plane to practice, so we had an early flight, we were a 7 o'clock flight, so I think I left home in Sheffield at half past two on Saturday morning, so by, you know, by practice I was uh, fairly knackered, um, but the players, I think, uh, you know, they, they sort of worked their way through it um, on the Saturday preparation for Finland on a Sunday and I, I think you know probably a little bit of lack of preparation showed a little bit um, I don't think I'm t- talking out turn I think one of the one of the challenges that we have with GB within the season is sort of lack of practice time and like quality yeah. time together so um, you know Finland physically uh, big guys standard of local competition decent uh, lots of imports uh, that, that bump that standard up as well so you know we we traded blows, but we made too many mistakes. Um, playbook knowledge and, and just rust, to be honest. I think rust is probably the best word for it. it was, uh, you know, it, it cost us. Um, I think this, the first half was a little bit of a blowout. Maybe the shock of playing at the next level uh, as well. Uh, second half, we held and um, scored some. And, you know, 28-7, first game of Group A after a flight the next morning, probably not a bad result. Um, we had... Uh, two or three days after that. So I think we played Finland on Sunday, we played France on the Tuesday. So obviously, you know, tournament football is different. So coaches are back to the hotel. By the time we get back to the hotel after Finland, you've got film in your inbox. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're in, the, you're in the coach's room or you're in your own bedrooms, really, uh, on your own laptops or iPads, breaking film down on huddle um, for a couple of hours before, you know, you have a, a coordinator meet or a team meet with the coaching staff to determine, you know, what you want to focus practice on the next day. So I think, uh, you know, we got back from the stadium at about half past 12, shower, um, film, you know, independent film till about half past two, three o'clock, meeting at 3 a.m., uh, up at 7.30 next day for, you know, for, for meetings and breakfast and all those kinds of things so that we had a practice plan installed. So, um, you know, it, it's it's strenuous. It, yeah. It's hard work. That sounds, sounds, sounds um, like quite the uh, quite the grueling schedule. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we, we practiced uh, on the Monday and then uh, obviously on the Tuesday we have, uh, we have France. Uh, France coming into it. With, with a really strong record, yeah. uh, some great football players, um, you know, physically uh, athletic, physically big, physically strong, uh, stable. As When I say stable, I mean know their own system, yeah. um, you know, 
know the way that they they operate effectively and um and and it showed you know we played them i don't think um I don't think they bullied us. I think we stood up to them, but I think technically and, you know, just just sort of, again, still working our way into spending more time together. Um, you know, France, who obviously went on to win the thing, uh, gave us a, you know, it gave us a bit of a touch-up. So, um, you know, that, that was hard to take, but there were also quite a lot of positives. And, and that was kind of a mind shift for us going to the third game was actually... You know, let's just focus on us. So, what do we do well? What 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 did we do well against France? What can we take from France yeah. into the game against Denmark? You know, the the things that we we did well against France, we knew would work against Denmark, and also physically, I think the guys. You know, it took maybe a game and a half or two games. I think I think not getting steamrolled by France gave the guys the confidence to say, actually, we're we can do this physically, yeah. you know, mentally. We have, and you know, we have the, we have the scheme, we have the platform to do it, and and that gave them confidence. Morale was high between France and Denmark. Um, the guys, you know, wanted to come home from a, with a win. Um, you know, there was, you know, they'd obviously invested time and energy and money and all those kinds of things into the trip. So um, morale was good, as, as I said, and uh, and we went into the game against Denmark after you know three or four days of practices and. Um, you know, just focusing on us and the things that we did well. And, you know, we started strongly against Denmark. Um, I think, we, you know, we went up two scores. Um, we had we had uh, injured guys come back for Denmark as well. So I lost uh, two running, I took five running backs out to, to, uh, to Finland and I lost two in the opening practice. So, we, you know, three guys carried us through mm-hmm. uh, Switzerland, uh, sorry, Switzerland, Finland and, uh, and France. I had five available for for the last game against Denmark, and we, we were able to rotate properly and run our two back set much more effectively, which showed. So, you know, we went out there with a, with a plan. We went out there focused on us, and uh, you know, you know, it worked. So we had a, a few wobbles, um, but actually, you know, once we knuckled down and just got back into our game plan and, and what worked, and we you know, just kept pushing on those. So. It was great. Uh, it was great to get the win. Um, it's the first time in a long time we've won a game at Group A, um, and and just reward. I think you know it showed it showed the benefits of you know the week together. Yeah. Even sort of practicing hour hour and a half. It, it just showed the benefit of actually, you know, once you know if we have the time and the space to practice together, then then physically the guys are there, mentally the guys are there, uh, athletically. Um, you know the guys are of that standard. Uh, we're also missing a few players from from GFL and all those kinds of places where they couldn't get released. So, you know, um, I don't think we've got any qualms about competing at that level going forward, especially if we're given the opportunity to spend time together and practice beforehand. No, that's so. Right. You know, great great opportunity, great learn, um, great experience. Good to finish on a win. Uh, good for for GB too. Yeah, I think we jumped. Uh, jumped one in the rankings from six to five at Group A, which is you know it's positive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, experience. yeah. I mean, Coach Scott's obviously said that we we've got the talent, but it's like saying uh, you get you get you get out of it what you put into it, and it's not always necessarily obviously that uh, you know people not not putting in the effort, but if you don't actually have the time to spend with the teams to to get the chemistry, to get the little nuances, obviously in your playbooks, and ensure that you know the players are focused on on what you're trying to. 
trying to get forward you know, um, offensively and defensively, you know, and separate that from out from what from what they know. Uh, you, you're going to get those those kind of instances where you maybe aren't going to perform to a hundred percent. So yeah, you know, the more the more time you spend together and, and coaching can do in what you need to do, the better you're going to perform. So and I suppose that's how that's how it's translated out there in, in Finland. Yeah, absolutely. You know, football is a game of, you know, if you get all the small things right, the good things follow their own accord. But to get all the good things right, the small things right, you have to spend time together. You know, yeah. you have to focus on it. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be nice just to, to call plays like run right, run left and have success. But obviously that doesn't work. So, you know, you need to have that quality time together to go into nuance, to go into... You know, the, the plays that we called in De- against Denmark were not massively different, but tweaked. Do you know what I mean? Like variations yeah. Yeah, of yeah. things. And, you know, if we, if we run this to the strong side, what will happen? If we trap this guy, what will happen? You know, if we put an RPO on the backside of this or a slant here or, you know, a fade here. Or, and actually, I think of the scores against Denmark, there were several of them that came from adjustments to the playbook that we made from France. Okay. So, um, you know, it, that shows you in itself the benefit of, of having the opportunity to spend time together. Yeah. I mean, for, for those listening out there that um, didn't really know much about what, what went on in Finland, there's loads of uh, social media and videos and highlights of, of, of all the games. I managed to catch quite a lot. A bit, I, I catched a bit of the Finland or France game. I can't remember which one it was now. Um, and by I caught, I, I caught most of the, the Denmark game. I think uh, Dan Conroy uh, scored a touchdown. I, I think we, got, we scored a defensive touchdown as well, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, Dan, Dan, Dan had two. So Dan... Um... You know, we've been sort of kind of nursing Dan back now for a while um, to get him ready for Finland. Um, and he had a, you know, for the last several months, he's had or been managing a, a, you know, a mild groin strain. So we've had him fairly intensively working with, you know, physios and, you know, he's a club guys. And, and the fact that he has a medical background is, is helpful himself. So, um but we, we thought we were all good to go with him. And, and on opening practice day after the flight, whether it was dehydration or cramped up on an aeroplane for a number of hours or whatever, um, Dan has a calf strain at the opening practice. So we lost Dan for games one and two and got him back for game three. So, you know, again, you know, credit to the credit to the physios, credit to, to Bev and Naomi and, and, and those ladies for, you know, the, the hours and time that they spent making sure that, you know, the guys were available to play three games in nine days and certainly in Dan's instance, probably getting him back from something that may have taken him several weeks to, to get back to, to back in one. So I think having him available and actually having five running backs, and, you know, we have a we have a single back set and we, we run quite a lot of pro sets, so two back sets. So actually, you know, having four or five running backs available, yeah. anything less than that, we can't really run two back sets particularly effectively. So... You know, we were relying on, um, you know, the three backs, uh, TC, Deji and, and Temi to sort of carry us through the first couple of games. And then we got uh, we got Dan back and then we got Gabriel Corti back, who's a young talent from the London Blitz. We got him back for, for the last game as well. And he actually had some decent runs and closed the game out for us. So, you know, it, it was a credit to the physios and a credit to the, the support staff to be able to get Dan Conroy back on the field. He's a genuine, talented young man and, uh, and GB's lucky to have him. Yeah, is it? It's Dan. Dan is he a Tamworth Phoenix guy? 
No, no, Dan. I'm someone else. I tell you, I've spent a long time tracking Dan to Sheffield, but um, but it's not quite worked out to be honest. He's at he's at the London Blitz now. Oh, okay. He spent uh, Blitz. he spent some time. At, yeah, he spent some time in Germany. Uh, he was a Birmingham product out of their you know out of their famed university system. Yeah. Um, but he's at the Blitz now. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know why I, I got mixed up. I was reading some some reports and uh, just saw loads of names and loads of different teams. So, um, but yeah, no, I say we we certainly got the talent in this country. So it's just about you know molding that together from from a GP GB perspective to to mold that all together and obviously to be able to perform like we did uh, against Denmark. But it's good to know. Obviously, we ended on a win. We've jumped up one position, like you say. Um, and I say, like I was, I was saying with, with Coach Scott, it's all about small steps and just building the game, uh, you know, slowly but surely, uh, and and seeing seeing how it develops. Absolutely, you know that nothing comes quickly. Everything is a product of hard work. So, you know, Jason Scott and certainly Martin Hilton for him at, at Tamworth, uh, and he's you know he's still involved at Tamworth, but in a lesser role, and, and at Loughborough, you know, those guys. Uh, you know they came to, they came with a five year plan to the phoenix and um and so far it's you know it's running to to plan so you know nothing nothing in football comes easily no. um, there's a lot of hard work there's a lot of time and investment whether you know physically and mentally and emotionally and all those kinds of things that goes into you know that kind of successful season so you know I take my hat off to those guys they they've worked hard for their success yeah yeah, and I say, I say, good best of luck with uh, Tamworth on Sunday. Maybe you can, maybe before the uh, game starts, you can joke with him that I, I gave him, I gave you all his secrets, maybe, and that can uh, kind of scare him off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I say, good luck with uh, with Tamworth on on Sunday, and obviously, obviously it'll be your uh, last game of the season. But um, hopefully, we'll maybe get you on next year um, to to see how the Sheffield are developing, and uh, maybe we can we, we can reminisce about the the day you beat you beat Tamworth. Yeah, well, we've done it before. I think yeah. we were the last Prem North to do it, so yeah. uh, maybe under a different shirt. So you know what? Who knows what the future holds? Maybe Lightning will strike twice. I certainly uh, I certainly hope so. And, uh, and my guys worked hard uh, this year, and uh, and a result would be just reward. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to say thank you to uh, to you guys because um, you know everything that the volunteers associated with Brickball do to further develop the sport in this country makes my life easy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard at times as a niche sport. It's certainly hard uh, in the north where we're competing with rugbies and footballs and all those kinds of things. Yeah. So, you know, anything that you guys do to support the development and growth of the game in the UK is okay with me. So I'm more than happy to support you guys going forward in whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, awesome. And so yeah, no, we're we're looking to help support double coverage as well because they obviously put a lot of time and effort of, uh, into into the game as well. So we're we're f- trying to fundraise for those guys because uh, they they certainly deserve it as well. But yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely get you on yeah. at some point in the future, and hopefully, um, I say hopefully we can reminisce on on a win uh, for you for, for, from your point of view. Anyway, I don't I don't necessarily want Coach Scott to come on and talk about a loss. Let's be let's put it that way. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, mate. I can send some podcasts down. We can we can look after you. Should we win? Don't worry. About it. <laughs> you have to. Might have to lend me a, a set of pads, maybe, and, and a helmet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Coach. And say uh, all the best for Sunday, and we'll, we'll speak to you in the future. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks for talking to me. You too. 
Toby Chester's there with some fantastic insight into the game, not only at adult level, but also the GB Lions uh, as well. They're giving you a full comprehensive overview of what went on over in Finland. Uh, so thank you so much to him for that. And I say that's going to bring us to the end of Britball, uh, Britball sorry, for the week. Uh, what we will do is we'll, we'll revisit once the uh, playoffs have all finished. And we'll obviously we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at over who's obviously Brit, who's Brit Bowl champions and the ups and downs of all, of all the playoffs. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That'll be a couple of weeks of away. Um, and like I said, at the top of the show um, next week will be some divisional previews and along with a special guest. If you want to get in touch with the show, that is uh, Twitter and Instagram at Full Ten Yards is the handle. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us via email, full 10 yards at gmail.com uh, or head over to the website full 10 yardscom where you can find out uh, some competitions we're going to be running. Uh, next week, we're going to be posting up some <coughs> some competitions, uh, Last Man Standing, Pickums, and all the like. So get involved with those. And if you want to donate anything that you can towards the Britball game, and um, we're going to be hoping to support double coverage and some teams as well to buy some equipment to help fund, keep the costs down. You can head over to our Just Giving page, and the information can be found on our fundraising uh, tab, a uh, fundraising page on the website. And if, if you donate, obviously you can you'll be entitled to join some of those uh, competitions where we can try, we'll try and find some decent prizes to hand out. Um, I hope you have enjoyed Britball Week. Uh, I'd love to hear anyone's thoughts, uh, or if there's maybe any other teams or players out there that want to come on and talk, uh, whether it be fantasy football or about their team as well. Or well, if there's any university guys out there that want to talk, come on and talk about the university game, that would be fantastic too. Just please get in touch with us and we will get you on. That's going to do it for this podcast and it's going to do it for Britball Week. And uh, Again, final time, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we will see you again next week. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.